Welcome back, everybody. This is the Black Wash Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Larry Sampson, with my co-host, Destiny Johnson. And you know how we do it on today's show. We're going to start with what's on my mind. And what's on my mind is expectation. And the reason why I say expectation is on my mind today is because I'm the type of person, I do so many things out the kindness of my heart. But I've always been the type of person, like, for example, growing up, if I was on my way to wash the dishes and my parents says, make sure you wash those dishes, I would no longer want to wash the dishes. And you would think to yourself, why is that? Like, why are you that way? You were already walking towards going to wash the dishes. You know, it was probably a good idea for you to wash the dishes. Why, when somebody tells you to then go wash the dishes, are you no longer interested in washing the dishes? And I think a lot of times it was born out of when something is an expectation, right? Versus when you're going to do something out of the cardness of your heart. And I was having a discussion with my dad the other day where... I was saying like, hey, sometimes when you phrase things, like it would be better if you phrased it in the right way. Perfect example. I said, hey, I'm thinking about today to go get us fish for dinner. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, but, you know, I'm thinking about it. And it, and like literally later that day, he called me and goes, well, what, what's going on with the fish? Rather than asking, hey, do you still plan on going to get fish today? That way, because that would make sense. It's like, hey, I might go eat something else if you're not. Like, I want to know. It, it makes sense why I would have the question. But the way you phrase it, and and I don't bring this up to say that about anybody other than myself and how I need to look into myself and think to myself, why do I allow that to affect the thing that I had already originally planned on doing? And why do I automatically want to just be like, F it. I don't want to do it at all. So that's what's on my mind. Like I said, I always try to be introspective, try to work on the areas where I can improve. And like I said, that just happened to be on my mind. Destiny, what's on your mind today? Um, What's on my mind isn't that deep. I always feel like I never have like deep things on my mind, probably because it's like, you know, late at night and I'm unwinding and I want to be less serious. But I was thinking about well I started watching this documentary if you don't know by now all I do is watch docu-series if I watch I love docu-series so I have been watching this docu-series on Netflix about David Beckham and it's just it's just kind of intriguing how the rest of the free world is obsessed with soccer and what pretty much is on my mind is like why you know, the rest of the world knows soccer as football, which makes sense. If you think about it, it's like a, a ball that you play with your feet. But why do Americans call a different sport the same thing? Like, it's so weird. And I just it's just really, like, intriguing because, like, we like soccer players are huge around the world and they come to America because, you know, we have our own celebrities and we kind of like, don't, I don't want to say we, cause some people love the world cup and like watch sports and soccer or football or whatever you want to call it very closely. But a lot of people don't. 
And those stars like come here because it's like chill, like it's relaxing. And like David Beckham, he was hated for a long time about something that he did during a game. And like he came to America and it was like a breath of fresh air for him. And here we obsess over football. And it's like, it's Monday night football, Thursday night football, it's the Super Bowl. And it's just like, America straight up was just like, fuck that, we're gonna make up our own sport and call it the same thing. And I'm just like, it's kind of confusing, but it's weird. And I wanna know like the history of it and how that came about, but that was just on my mind. I'm just like, hmm, this is so interesting. It's kind of like weird and disrespectful too, in a way, but yeah. Well, American football is the one and true only football. I don't care what anybody says. I even think the world football has been around longer. <laughs> even though what I will say is if we're just going off of strictly popularity, it's not even close. Uh, uh, the Well, football, I also learned that Wait, let me finish. Like football, soccer, like globally is way more popular than football. Matter of fact, I think if you if you look at which franchises now while the Dallas Cowboys when you talk about you know individual teams and their value uh, might top some list if you're just talking about pure pure just you know viewership and fans um, the top five would all be uh, soccer or football if you will so yes. I make my jokes so but they're super popular and it makes so much sense because, like, the most followed person in the world on social media is Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh and I'm just like, who is this guy? But, I mean, like, he has 600 million followers. And it's just, it blows your mind. And it's just like, damn, like, I'm really, like, living under a rock over here because I don't know. I know, like, I've heard of them, but I don't know them like that. But it's just interesting. And it's crazy because it's like it serves this like kind of dual role. Like here are athletes or celebrities, but like don't get me, but like there, like globally, like like for instance, the the male with the most followers that's just an American is probably like Dwayne Rock Johnson. That's an actor, right? But if you look at, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, he has all the athletes, like people who are into the sport of soccer who follow him. But then he also have people who probably don't give a shit about soccer, but that's Cristiano Ronaldo. And they they follow him because they he's he's reached a certain level of celebrity where it it transcends sport. But to get on today's topic, I know uh, it's just like a little, just like a little food for thought, but yeah. a little less serious before we get into what's really serious. Yeah, so I, I, I and, and here's the thing, I, I, I wrestled with whether or not I wanted to talk about this, but I, I've seen so much misinformation, and I think there's a tendency, when anytime there's misinformation, there's a tendency to just adopt the view that you're hearing the most. You're like, and it, it's it's kind of a fallacy of sorts, but it tends to be rather pervasive where people will be like, well, I keep hearing people say X. I keep hearing people say X. I keep hearing people say X. So X must be the truth. X must be the truth. When really there's there's a lot of misinformation or, you know, there's a lot of complexity. And so this is what I mean in terms of, well, first of the topic of the day, of course, we're, we're, we're talking about Hamas and the hostages and whatnot, right? And I think anytime there's any sort of conflict, the, especially when we're talking about war, 
the thing that's so natural, right, because it fits into the way we see stories generally depicted in in media or movie is to say, okay, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Like, even if you look at our, from a political standpoint, the first thing the politicians almost have to come to is, okay, what side are we going to be on, right? And I always say it's important to break things down because they're multi-layered, right? And understand, especially when we're dealing with politics and we're dealing with war, there's no side that's usually 100% right, and there's no side that's really 100% wrong. And a lot of times, you can tell where somebody is on the whole conflict based on where they start the timeline. And this is what I mean, right? All of these conflicts between uh, the Palestinians and um, Jewish people has to deal with um, land, right? And initially, and the reason why it's 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 kind of hard to nail down, if you will, right or wrong, is because the whom ha who has ownership of the land, to my understanding, has moved back and forth, right? At one point. You know, um, it was predominantly had Jewish people in there. But then, like, you know, throughout history, you have the Crusades, you have war. And what happens when war uh, happens? Somebody conquers somebody else, and then now there's new ownership. And so when you have these moving parts, a lot of times it's a, oh, I broke into your house and stole your bike, and now you broke into my house and stole the bike back, and now I broke back into your house and stole my bike. And then it's like, well, how attenuated does the connection go between the first person who owned the bike before it's to say, okay, you breaking into my house is wrong. And so similarly, if I hold the position that, hey, this was originally our land that you took by force, I then, when we talk about morally, I shouldn't be held in a position where morally I'm looked at as the bad person by trying to take it back by force. And so you have this going back and forth. And then what happened is at one point, Britain, um, when they had control over the entire um, landmass through war, they said, hey, I'm, I'm going to allocate a certain amount of this to the Palestinians. And then the UN came and decided like, hey, we're gonna break it up half and half and say the Palestinians have this side and the Jewish people have the other side. But the Palestinians never agreed to that. And the Jewish people were like, okay, we're gonna follow that. But again, the Palestinians didn't. But then even then, then um, you had, the Jewish people, you know, expanding the territory more or less. And again, and, and trying to go back. And then, like I said, how, how wrong can you say that is necessarily when at one point they did have um, uh, ownership of the, of more of the land. So that's what I'm saying. And I'm not here to make any, any points on where I stand on the issue, right? I'm just going with, it's so catchy. It's so quick to say, whatever is the hashtag. So the hand, hashtag might be, I stand with Israel, or the hashtag might be, I stand with the Palestinians. And I'm just saying, don't be so quick to put judgment on where somebody stands because you don't know where they're starting in the timeline. They could be starting in the timeline of, oh, well, somebody's just doing that 
to reclaim what was actually theirs at one point. Or the other person might have that same argument because it's changed hands so many times that both sides can legitimately make that argument. And I also want to make the distinction that somebody can discuss to can support Palestine's position, whether it be like, hey, they're the rightful, this land should belong to them. Somebody could support that position, right? And not necessarily support Hamas, which is a different because Hamas is going, you know, about it in a way where it's like they're taking hostages, they're threatening hostages, and they want to kill. So you could agree with, hey, this this land belongs to Palestine. Um, a lot of times, you know, whether or not be um, because they have America as their kind of like muscle behind them. Um, a lot of times the Palestinian people are subjected to unfair things politically, right? So you can be on the side of like, hey, I think Palestinians are treated unfairly in these parts of the, the landmass where they're cohabitating without saying, hey, Hamas is in the right for kidnapping people, threatening them, and and killing and killing hostages. A lot of which are women and children. So I know that was kind of a lot to wrap your head around, but I just wanted to I want to provide a source for people where nobody's trying to push a position. Nobody's trying to say, oh, uh, the Palestinians are right or the Jewish people are right, and rather is providing you the insight with being able to say like. There's been going a lot of back and forth and where the conflict starts for one person in their position may not be the same where it starts for the conflict for somebody else, because the land and who's been in possession of the lands that goes all the way back to the biblical days that goes all the way back to, the, like I said, the Crusades, that's that's pre World War One. So there's so many history and most of the people who are within like the conflicts today, they're, they're starting their frame of reference from when it's become uh, salient to their particular life and not starting it necessarily from back in the biblical days. Destiny, I know that was a lot to digest, but what is your initial thoughts of what you know about it and what kind of did you want to add to the conversation for people who are maybe seeing a hashtag and are quick to grab a hashtag but don't really understand the conflict itself? Yeah, so... I don't want to like give too much opinion on it, but if you guys recall our avid listeners, like we did have an episode where we had um, like a colleague of mine, Ibrahim, kind of like explain like the history of like the Israel-Palestinian conflict. So essentially like it dates all the way back, like you were saying, like over land. But I don't think this is a situation where it's like we need to choose sides like you said this is like a human rights thing like no one should be like innocent people should not be dying being blown up raped kidnapped anything and i don't want people to think like oh these are the palestinians like sure like Palestine like in recent times you know like we've been able to hear more because like you know the media is very strong here in America and we only have ever pretty much like gotten Israel's side of the story so now it's like putting people in like you know like that quirky like like position like we we hear two sides of the story and I don't 
want people to think that like, oh, this is the Palestinians against the Israelis. Like Hamas, I believe they're like formed like a Palestinian group. So they're like kind of like extremists, you know, like taking like, so that's kind of like how Hamas is. And like people say that they like get their weapons and like things from like Iran, who's like funding them to do all these things to like Israelis. But it's not like, you know, it's not like just like Palestine is like at war. So even though like I know like in the past, like, you know, there were reports that like Israeli has like bombed Palestine. And I don't want to think that it was just like innocent people. Like I, I think it's been like back and forth between them. And I don't, and I know people have like their reservations about like the Israeli government and all of these things like I feel like the situation at hand here is just like what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong and there are reports I don't know how many Palestinian people have been reported like killed but I know the number for Israelis is like some 600 people that is like the highest amount of Israelis that have been murdered since the Holocaust. Like this is like a serious situation. And like this situation is actually like to me in my mind, like grasping the situation is like pretty similar to like the conflict that they're having in Ukraine and Russia. Like it's over land, it's over territory. And like, it's just like, come on, like they're not even trying to make light of the situation. It's just like innocent people are dying. Like there has to be some way that we can resolve all of this or live amongst each other without like blowing every fucking shit up. I think that's the thing. And I know like people feel really strong about this. Like if they have like their ancestors and they're Palestinian or if they're Israeli, like I have friends or colleagues or associates that are on both sides and it's just like you have to like see the other side and just be able to say like well this is wrong and like there has to be another way to resolve this because there's so many ongoing wars that's just my perspective about it I I just feel like it's weird like I feel like it's weird for like I don't know all the story. I don't know all the information, but I feel that it's weird that anyone is saying like, oh, the Palestinians like free. No, saying free Palestine is a valid thing to say, but to say like, oh, this is Palestine, this is this and disregard everything else that has taken place is wild. And th- and this is the thing that I will say, right? And I think you hit the nail on the head when you brought up again that word of perspective, because I always say, right, if if I own a house and you break into my house and you say, hey, you're right, I shouldn't have broken into your house, but I'll let you live upstairs and I'll live downstairs and we'll just cohabitate, right? Let's just call it truce. Let's not fight. If you think it's your house, you're going to say, hell no. I had a whole house. Why would I accept you just giving me half your house, right? And so similarly, if if everybody thinks they have the right to the land in its entirety, any 
any breakdown, any deviation is going to seem like a loss. If all of it's mine, why would I agree to take parcel of what is mine? It just seems like I'm giving you something and I'm not getting anything in return because I believe I'm the, the rightful um, owner, if you will, of this particular uh, of land. And so I think, like I said, regardless of who's right or wrong, that is generally the position that people hold. And then all of this is juxtaposed with how things happen on that scale, right? Like we know, you know, living in the United States, we know firsthand, so often the victor tells the story, right? So if you go in the war and you win the war and you own the land and you get the land, we we may be able to look at the lens and be like, oh, that sucks, that was wrong. But in throughout history and certainly within the political spectrum, the there's an understanding like hey you won the war now that's where you live like nobody's you know other than probably the united states nobody in a different country is looking at the united states landmass and say hey well you guys don't really own this because you were able to get it through war like nobody's gonna say that they're, they're gonna just say like hey you won the war now it's yours we recognize this territory as the united states landmass right and so similar- and we reserve a day called indigenous people's day yeah like that that's the best we give people like and 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 to be honest with you that's the nature of it right so when you have all these changing of hands as to who's in rightful possession and it's done under war and under victors and, and people who um who have lost like when it's under that right it's like again do we get to reset the timetable? Do we get to say, well, originally it was all mine, but so from let's take it from that beginning point, or do we say like, hey, it is understood that when there are wars, there, you know, the winner, you know, wins. And so at this point is where we started, because then if you adopt that philosophy, then any war that starts again over that same piece of land it has to essentially be played by similar rules where it's like, okay, but if we win this time and we, we take possession, it's ours again. And that's what kind of is keeping them in a state of perpetual war. Cause we're like great Britain is not trying to come here and, and wanting to smoke and be like, yo, let's run that back. Let's get our rematch. Like while they're not trying to do that, they're like, no, nah, y'all separate, y'all do y'all own thing. Like, it's kind of like in that particular context and the similar, like you brought up with the Ukraine, where it's like, it's going to be a constant of one side constantly trying to run it back, run it back, run it back. Do they ultimately get their position and then the other person decides they no longer want to engage? And like I said, being in that kind of state of perpetual war, you're going to always see death. And again, it's always going to be a matter of perspective of, Whose fault? It's the same thing with like gang violence. You you see so many interviews and somebody from the Bloods would be like, no, the Crips killed my cousin. They killed my uncle. I'll never forget him. And then the people the people from the other side be like, well, they killed my my brother and my and my sister and my daughter. And she was on the way to school and she wasn't even involved in it. And it just goes back and forth because everybody has a a different starting point. It's like, well, you did this. Well, you did that. And nobody ever gets to the point where they're willing to say okay, we call in the troops, you're going to stay over there, I'm going to stay over here, because again, like I said, everybody believes all of it is theirs, and if all of it's theirs, any compromise is just me giving something away and you winning something. I, I definitely agree with that. 
but just feel like they need to resolve that between themselves. Like, and I say that in the most respectful way possible. And, and, and the thing that I always want, and like I said, and this is the main takeaway and this is the main reason why I ultimately wrestled with the, having the conversation and decided we should have it is the one thing I wanted to say is like for the people who know what you don't know, right? And know how layered the discussion is and don't be so quick to just regurgitate things that you're seeing, even if you're seeing them with frequency, right? If I see it a lot, that doesn't mean to say, well, how could you hold that position with X, Y, and Z? Because you got to remember the person who may be holding a different, you know, position. And again, this is not dealing with Hamas generally, What I, because I think most people would agree, like, what they're doing is wrong. What I'm saying is, when it comes to people in rightful possession of land, don't be so quick to grab necessarily a hashtag and know what you don't know or to prejudge somebody who may have an alternative view on this particular subject because it is so layered and because people come from different perspective. And you got to understand, especially people who are a part of a certain community, many of them have been have grown up in the entire time hearing stories from their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents of how the other side is the issue, how the other side is the problem. And, and again, I always tell people, whatever your position is, nine out of 10 times it falls somewhere in the middle, but because it falls in the middle, you'll always find things to support the argument you wanna put out there. And so if they've been told their entire life, it's the other person's fault, they're gonna find evidence of fault with the other side and vice versa. And so they're gonna be speaking from that frame of reference and not from the lens that you have. So while you'll be so quick, like, I can't believe somebody would say this, or how can somebody not have, you know, 100% support for Palestine or 100%, you know, support for Israel, you have to know that that's, that's the dynamic. And that is gonna constantly be the dynamic because there will never be an agreed upon starting point of the conflict. A hundred percent. No, that's totally what it is. And I, I love that I see a lot of people like trying to get knowledge about the situation and like there's different perspectives and it's just like an open conversation. Um, and you know, that we're not letting just the media just feed us information and, you know, letting propaganda work. But that's pretty much all we have for y'all today. Thank y'all so much for joining us, and we'll catch up with y'all next week. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to our podcast. I am Destiny Johnson. I'm Larry Sampson. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we said that shit. And we meant that shit.